Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. How many feel like David when the scripture says, I was glad when he said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's no, no other place better to be than in the house of the Lord. I am uh, quite honored to be here today amongst friends, amen, uh, for many years, amen. It's always a great privilege to uh, come to this congregation and bring forth uh, the word, amen. God has uh, uh, shown uh, throughout the years uh, uh, this church is continually moving forward and growing and innovating and, and doing what it needs to do to honor God and expand the kingdom of heaven and take as many people to heaven as, as he can. And so we, we, we honor Pastor Cornejo, amen, Sister Cornejo, amen, and all the, the staff the, that work diligently along his, his side. And so we're grateful today. I'm grateful to have my wife with us, amen, today, amen. Uh, she's a great uh, asset uh, to my life and to my ministry, amen, and we hope that uh, we make a dent in hell so that we can, amen, expand God's kingdom also. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Are you ready for the word? Amen. All right, let's get to work. Matthew chapter 21, verse 13. Very familiar portion of scripture. I know y'all have been fasting and praying, so um, we're going to follow suit. And said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. Amen. Let's jump to Leviticus chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. Amen. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. And on the screen, it'll be the King James. So it'll be a little bit different. The Bible says it this way. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning it shall not be allowed to go out the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and he shall arrange the burnt offering on it and offer the fat portions of the peace offering up in smoke on it verse 13 the fire shall be burning continually on the altar it shall not be allowed to go out my topic this afternoon is house of prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, we thank you today for the reading of your word. And we thank you, God, for this great congregation, God, this great fellowship. We ask for your anointing in this place, God. And we ask you, God, to touch the hearts, God, of every man, woman, and child that is in this house, God. God, let your word become revelatory to their heart, God. And we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And you may take your seats at this time. House of prayer. My house. When you look throughout the word of God, the term my house is used. Uh, and oftentimes uh, we read this text and, and we... Uh, are knowing that it's talking about a building, it's talking about a place of worship. Jeremiah says exactly the same thing that Jesus said in chapter 7 and 11. He says, in this house, which is called my name, called by my name, become a den of robbers 
in your eyes. Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. The Lord has always looked at his gathering place as my house, as his house, a house of prayer, my house. It refers uh, about the temple. It refers about the tabernacle, which was uh, pre uh, the temple. The tabernacle was a place that was uh, given uh, to Moses, amen, when they were in the wilderness. It was a place of worship, and he would tell Moses exactly how he wanted it built and all the materials and all the things and the processes that it would take to be in the house and how to minister there. It wasn't just something thrown up uh, by man's ideas, but there was a, a, a process, there was a, a building a manual on how this uh, tabernacle was to be built. And then after the tabernacle, it came the temple. And the temple was constructed by Solomon. And King Solomon, though his father loved God and God uh, loved David because of David's uh, 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 warrior life, he did not allow David to build the temple. But, but David would put together all the materials and all the wonderful uh, uh, things it would take to build up the temple. And Solomon would build the most beautiful temple for God to dwell. And there uh, it was so glorious that, that people would come from all over the world to come see this temple where Jehovah would reside and they would see the glory of God there because that was considered the house of the Lord. It was considered a place of of worship and that's why we hear David so often say I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord because it's considered that's where the Lord is and and we know that in the the tabernacle uh, evidence of the presence of God was the the cloud by day and fire by night and and that was there to show evidence that God was with the children of Israel in the wilderness and so we see that this phrase amen is referring to a dwelling house or a place of residency for the deity of God to be and so when when Israel would would see the majesty of God uh, the Bible says that they would pitch their tents uh, in the wilderness in the desert and they would open up the doors of their tent and when they did uh, it would be toward the tabernacle to see the cloud by day and to see the fire by night. Can you imagine the awesomeness when they would know that God was in their presence and, and they were there and, and even much more in the temple, the time, amen, uh, when all the splendor and glory of the minerals of gold and, and all the beautiful ivory that was there in the temple, David, uh, his desire that he showed uh, that the beauty of God was his presence, amen, and he always wanted to be in the presence of God which was the house of God and, and so he said that's one thing I want to be is I want to be in the house of the Lord forever because I want to be in his presence uh, let me tell you there's nothing like being in the presence of God there's nothing like bestowing the beauty and the awesomeness of God there's nothing like like being in that lost place with God <clears throat> 
I don't know if you've had that type of experience yet in your serving of the Lord. When you uh, get into a place, amen, uh, and you see the awesomeness of God and, and you feel his glory in that time of prayer and that time of being alone with him. But David knew what it was. and David found himself at times, I just don't want to leave this place that I am. To dwell in the house of the Lord was David's deepest longing to be in the house of the Lord. That's why he was considered a man after God's own heart. And today, amen, we find if you jump to the New Testament, everything changes after Christ died on the cross. You see, and when Christ died on the cross, amen, uh, many times we miss, amen, things that are deep truths. Amen. In the word of God. You see, when, when, when Christ died, amen, and he gave up the ghost, the Bible says uh, that in the temple uh, there was a curtain that uh, divided the holies of holies and the glory of God. Amen. That not anybody could just go in but the high priest. And the high priest had to be without sin. He had to go behind the curtain and there serve in the, in the holies of holies. But when Christ died, the curtain was ripped and that made it accessible to you and I. Amen to go into the holies of holies uh, and view the glory of God. Uh, that is so great and powerful when you think of uh, what was hidden from man now is open for mankind. But there was even more power that was about to bestow upon humanity. And that was during the time of Christ and after the resurrection. Uh, amen. He walked the earth for 40 days. Uh, but there came a point in time when the work was done. And he had it. Uh, to leave this earth and it was called the ascension and he would go to the Mount of Olives and he would tell his disciples I gotta go amen but where I go I prepared a place for you but I'm not here to leave you alone I'm gonna send a comforter to you I'm gonna send amen uh, something greater I'm gonna send something more powerful to you and it's at that time, amen, uh, we know the story in the book of Acts, amen, uh, where we would find, amen, that the glory of God would fall, amen, upon all humanity, amen, uh, and all, amen, uh, those that were in the upper room uh, were filled with the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost, amen. Uh, and let me tell you, that's when everything changed, amen. Uh, the Bible says, uh, Paul told the church of Corinthians, he says, know ye not that you are the temple of God. You, you need to understand that what used to be kept in four walls and what was kept in a tabernacle, what was kept in a temple, now you are the temple of God. And with the power of the Holy Ghost, God now resides in you. He says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. He says, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, 
which temple ye are. I'm telling somebody today, amen, that you are the temple of God and you hold the glory of God in you. You hold the holiness of God in you. Oh, I don't know if somebody understands. Amen. Everything you do, everywhere you go, God walks with you. God talks with you. He goes you in the highways and the byways. He goes you to the job. He goes with you to school. He goes with you home. He goes you amongst the unbelievers because you are the temple of God. Paul told the church of Galatians, he says it like this, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. Amen. Christ lives in us and we must understand that we are the host of a holy God. We are making room for a holy God. When God lives inside of your heart, amen, it's not, amen, something to take lightly. It's not something to take, amen, like it's no big deal, amen. But you got the maker of the universe. You got the creator of humanity, you got the creator, amen, of every living thing. You are, you got, amen, the God of Genesis and the God of Revelation. The first, the last, the beginning and the end. That's who lives inside of you. So when you get a job that you're not smart enough and you don't know what to do and you get it, it's not because of you, but it's because of the Christ inside of you. They don't hire you, amen, because you got it all together, but something is tugging at their heart. My friend, it's because it's the God inside of you. I'll go as far as to say, amen, some folks that get married, uh, you wonder why did and how they got married, amen. Uh, but let me tell you, when you got Jesus inside of you, amen, uh, it shines, uh, it shines, uh, amen. Uh, and what I could not and could not have and be, uh, Christ inside of me uh, gives me the ability, amen, to do great things. So some of you still got hope. Praise the Lord. So the house of the Lord is you and I today. I want you to understand that when you go home, you are the house of prayer. You are, amen, the temple of the living God. You are, amen. That's why Jesus could say, pray without ceasing, amen, because you are the house of God. Think about that when you're ready to sin. Think about that when you're ready to do something, say something that you shouldn't because you're the house of prayer 
Amen. And just like Jesus said, you've turned my house into a den of thieves. It's bigger than the church. It's talking about myself. What have I done to defile me? What have I done to defile my body? What have I done to defile, amen, what God has done for me? Amen. Some of you came from a long ways. You came from the gutter. You came from places. Amen. A failure. But look what the Lord has done. And doesn't he deserve the best? You should protect what God has given to you. You should protect what God has blessed you with. You should protect your children. You should protect, amen, your family, your wife. Because look what the Lord has done. The house of prayer is me. Is me. But it's not enough to know that. It's not enough to have that kind of knowledge. Amen. We know a lot of people who have head knowledge and they know a, a lot of stuff, um, but they fail to put it into practice. Amen. Because having the knowledge, amen, you need wisdom and wisdom is putting knowledge into action. Amen. And so you have to understand uh, how did all this take place? Amen. Well, in the Old Testament, amen, when the tabernacle was designed, the Lord is a God of order, and he put things in perspective and how things needed to be, amen. And so he gave them, amen, uh, furniture. As soon as you walked into the tabernacle, there was uh, the altar, amen, uh, the first altar, and that altar was the altar, amen, of atonement. And there, amen, they would kill the sacrifices, and they would get the sacrifices on a daily basis. And they would kill these animals. And they would lay it on the altar. And the priest would strap it down after it was cut to pieces. And they would burn it up. Amen. And as they burned it up. Amen. Uh, they would take that. Uh, that was a form of repentance. Amen. If you look at this in the perspective of salvation the tabernacle's first place was the altar of repentance uh, you must come to God with a repentant heart amen you can't skip any other way uh, you must enter it with repentance and so we have the brazen altar uh, that everybody had to come to uh, everybody has to come to God amen not with gimme gimme amen uh, but they have to come to God uh, with a repentant spirit uh, recognizing who they are and what they are. And so, and how this altar was lit on fire, it was not lit on fire with lighter fluid or uh, gas or, or anything else, but it was lit on fire from God. Leviticus 9.24 says, Then fire came out before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the portions of the fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell face downward in awe and worship. When the first fire was lit on the altar, amen, it was lit on fire from heaven. God ignited the first 
fire. He did not even expect man to rub two stones together. He did not get man to use two sticks, amen, to start the fire. But God sent holy fire from heaven and it was the priest's job to keep the fire aflame keep the fire burning every day every moment in the morning in the noon amen and the night time they had to keep the fire ablaze I found it interesting uh, that how God lit, amen, this, this altar on fire. He did the same thing at the birth of the church, amen. When you read the book of Acts, the Bible says uh, that the Holy Ghost came as a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues as a fire, amen, oh. of the people. When God does something, he does it with fire to begin. There is a fire that God has put upon his people. And when God receives, amen, the, the sacrifice, then the people know that God is with them, amen. And that fire had to be lit all the time. And it's from that altar they would keep everything else on fire. Because after the brazen altar, once you got into the inner court, there was an altar of incense. There was the, uh, a light candle or the candle light stick, candlestick, there you go, the candlestick. And those had to be lit on fire, not again, amen, with fire from any place, but they had to take the fire from the altar of sacrifice and they lit the altar of incense uh, and from there amen the altar was sprinkled with incense that was a sweet smelling savor amen unto the nostrils of God the golden altar of incense amen uh, it was a place amen uh, is is a, a type amen and figure amen of the prayers of the saints uh, and that when people would cry out to god amen uh, because the fire of the altar was there god would hear the prayers of his people and god would receive the prayers amen of his people it was supplied all day long it wasn't allowed to go out uh, but it was there amen a fire amen the prayers of God's people filling the air psalm says it like this uh, 141 and 2 he says let my prayer be set forth before thee as an incense before you an incense a, a great smelling savor God would would smell, amen, from the tabernacle, that fire. But I, I want to point out something. Uh, it was very critical that these steps be followed, that the fire was lit of God. All the people or the priests would have to take wood every day, every time throughout the day to keep the fire afloat. And the coals from that fire would then be lit, amen, to light up the other areas, uh, amen. And so it is work. Tell your neighbor, it's work to serve God. 
Amen. This is just not some kind of social club, but it's work to serve God. You've got to do your work. You've got to say your prayers. You've got to read your word. You've got to fast. You've got to gather together. Amen. Amen. Like Hebrews tells us. Amen. It's work to serve God. Amen. Amen. Serving God is not for lazy people. Amen. Serving God is not for lazy people. I have found out in the last two years uh, what has happened in the church is so terrible that we have a bunch of lazy Christians. Amen. Uh, they don't want to get out of their house and they use COVID, amen, as excuses. Uh, but they've got comfortable, amen. Uh, they want church to be like an episode on Netflix uh, from Sunday to Sunday. Uh, what's the next episode going to bring? What's pastor going to say this week? Amen. Uh, what What's the deacon going to say next Sunday? I can't wait till the next episode. Hey, honey, bring the popcorn. Amen. Bring the soda pop. Amen. Let's see what they got to say. Oh, God, help us today that we look to come into the house of God as a privilege, as a privilege. Amen. As I was uh, 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 putting this lesson together, this message, uh, I've often wondered, uh, amen, when James writes in chapter 3 or 4, verse 3, he says, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, uh, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Amen. He's talking about people that have prayers, amen, that aren't answered. Uh, First, he says you, in the uh, verse before, you have not, amen, because you ask not. And then in verse 3, he says, uh, you, you ask, but you don't receive it. And why? I thought about that, and I, it took me back, amen, to, to how, amen, it was imperative that they had to go to the brazen altar first, amen. There had to be a place of repentance. There had to be a place of humbling themselves before God. Humanity struggles with humility. Humanity struggles with humbling themselves that even God is constantly telling you, if my people who are called by my name, what you got to do? Humble yourself and seek my face. Then will I hear from heaven. Too often we come to God with a list of wants, a list of needs, uh, amen, and we never humbled ourselves before God. And so this scripture takes me to the brazen altar that I had to go first to the brazen altar. I have to go to repentance. I have to get God's forgiveness over my life. I have to get myself say, God, cleanse me. Like David said, search me, O Lord, if there be any wicked way in me. Oh, how many love to pray that prayer? That's a tough prayer to pray because God will show you. And God will tell you, boy, you need to change this. You need to change that. You got to be nicer to your spouse. You got to be nicer to your dog. You got to be nicer, amen, to, to the guy next door. But he's always parking in my parking slot. I can't stand that guy. 
Especially over here. There's no parking around here. And, and, we, and we want God to answer us. We want God to save our family. We want God to do all these great things. But we fail to go to the altar first of sacrifice. And so the Bible gives us an illustration in Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 1. Amen. These were the sons of Aaron. And these guys were crooked guys. Uh, amen. They weren't, amen, anointed. Uh, they had uh, left uh, what the, the, the tabernacle was about. Uh, they didn't serve God with all their heart. Uh, they did things because dad said to do it. They didn't do it because, uh, amen, they loved God. Let me talk to you young people, amen, that have a bunch of excuses on why you can't serve God. And you use a lot of reasoning. You're mad at your mommy and your daddy because they make you come to church and you're mad and you're here and you're cussing and fussing under your breath and man I hate that place and oh come on to somebody you're acting like oh not me not my yeah 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 you can fake it and God knows anyways amen and, and, and you do things uh, the way you do amen God is watching you uh, amen and, and, and when serious matters come and you want to ask God for something and things don't happen let me tell you why amen because the Bible tells us about Nadab and Abihu, amen, the sons of Aaron. The Bible says that they took the censer, amen, uh, for the incense. The censer was a, a device that held the hot coals of fire. And they would take that censer and they would take it to light up the prayer, the altar of incense. They would take it to light up the candlestick with the oint, uh, anointed oil on it. And they would catch a flame and it would bring light. But these old boys, uh, amen, they got lazy one day. Uh, and they let the fire go out, amen. And they did not, amen, keep the fire burning. And instead of going back to the altar, amen, the brazen altar of sacrifice and repenting for their attitude and repenting for their failed steps, what they did, amen, they went outside the camp and they found some, amen, fire a fire pit, maybe someone's barbecue from the night before, maybe some fire that kept their tent warm, amen, and they try to cover their sin, and they brought the fire, amen, an unholy fire, a fire that never came from God, and they put it in their censer, and they went into the holy place, and the Bible says when God saw it, he called it strange fire, because it never, amen, made it to heaven. They tried to light up the holy things, and God was was so angry, amen, at what they had done. He, they exploited the holy things of God. And the Bible says they were judged and they died immediately. Let me tell you, you cannot bring strange fire to holy things. You cannot bring strange fire to a holy prayer. You've got to go to the altar first. Repent of your sin. Change your ways. And then you can be a sweet smelling savor unto God. Some of you wasted a whole week this week. I know that was hard, right? Some of you did a great diet this week. Because you never went to the altar first. And 
repented of your stuff. As I've been observing in the church world today and those that I'm in contact with, everybody's talking about prayer. Everybody's going back to prayer. I'm a big believer in January consecrating. And in my mind and how I, amen, uh, teach my local church that January is the first month of the year. And the first month we dedicate and we tithe January to the Lord. We give, say, Lord, this is the first month. I'm dedicating it to you on how the rest of the year is going to go. Amen. And January's hard because it's my birthday week. It's my grandson's birthday. It's my daughter-in-law's birthday. Everybody has a birthday in January, but especially me. So it's always a trial. Amen. But I believe it's getting us to that place at the beginning of the year to focus, dedicate it, sacrifice it unto the Lord. But I did notice that people go through these type of programs, 21 days of fasting and, and, and Daniel fasting and, and do it all these things. But there is a huge uh, 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 situation about consecrating and going to the brazen altar. There's a huge challenge of really repenting of who we are and what we are. We are the house of prayer. We must keep the fire burning every day. We must mortify our flesh, Paul says. We must kill our will to line up with God's will for our life. It is up to us to understand that we must pray with a clean heart. I know we often hear in social media, everybody's praying for everybody. And it's kind of funny sometimes because the picture before the praying post is a picture of them at a party all night long. And then they're saying, I'm praying for you. You're like, who are you praying to? And though it's nice in gesture, it serves no value. I'll be honest. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. But prayer is a relationship with God. It is a place where we connect with our Savior. It's a place where we connect because He is the lover of our soul. And how can you pray to a God if you don't have a relationship with him? And maybe, maybe some of you wouldn't be so frustrated with serving God if you had a relationship with him. I found it interesting. 
that in, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus kicks out these demons out of this person. And they're going crazy. They're looking for a place to go. And they say, we've been in the desert. We've been everywhere. We want to go back to, I want to go back to my house, the demon says. Talking about an individual. If your house is not the house of God, it belongs to somebody else. Oh. If you're not full of the Holy Ghost, you're full of something else. And your struggles, it's not because of your wife, your husband, because of your supervisor. It's because somebody else has taken residence where God is supposed to be the owner. Somebody else is living in the house of prayer. And it's been turned to a den of thieves. Oh. I feel in 2022 like never before in my, in my life. That God is drawing God's people to a place of relationship with him in private and in secrecy and prayer. Of, of being alone with him. Into deep, deep waters with him. Because the world is getting worse. The corruption is greater. And some of you have to do some eviction notices in your heart. You need to get rid of some things. So that God can do what he wants to do in your life. If you submit yourself to God. If you submit yourself. Get rid of your pride. Get rid of your arrogance. Get rid of your unsubmitted spirit. And you'll see what God can do. You'll see what God can do through you. I don't like to quote movies, but there was something that always stuck out in my mind about the Vietnam War. <clears throat> and there, there was a scene when they're training to go into Vietnam for the first time they're going into Vietnam. And it's chronicled that the, the captain that was training the officer and they were getting off helicopters for the very first time in American history. It was considered the first uh, uh, horse uh, the helicopter was the first uh, motorized horse going into battle. And so they were going into Vietnam, live fire. And as they were jumping off, the captain would charge them and yell, bam, you're dead, you're dead. What do you do next? The guy next behind him, what do you do next? And what do you do next? Because people were dying right after the jump. They were getting killed right after, and the leaders were being killed. What happens next? That always stuck out in my mind. I feel as a parent, 
I feel as a leader, that what I leave behind is important, that the guy behind me, whether it's my sons, whether it's uh, those that I pastor, those that I work with, that they know exactly what to do. They've been trained to do what I've taught them. And that thing, that only happens through our example of Christ. He says, that what I've done, you will do greater than me. Because he prepared the disciples on what to do. So when the Holy Ghost fell, they were not shocked at what to do. They knew what to do. And one of the first things they did was gather to pray. And that's when the Holy Ghost fell. And that's when the world was interrupted by Christianity. This week, today, is a declaration. It can be for you. That you're not going to walk the same. You're not going to talk the same. Because you understand who you are and what you are in Christ. And that those people around you are looking to you. That when you're not uh, in the building, you're not in the room, uh, and somebody that you love, uh, you care for, they don't know what to do, they're going to remember, oh, I know, I know what my mom would do. She taught me. She taught me to pray. She taught me to call on the Lord. She taught me to call my pastor. She taught me to reach out to uh, uh, leadership. She, she trained me. Because there's understanding of who you are. You're just not a second-rate person. But you're the house of prayer. You're the house of God. As I get ready to close. Now, you, you might say, man, we were ready to run and jump. We've been fasting and praying all this week, and now you're just... I just lost, I'm going to have to start all over tomorrow. We, we have a need for mature Christians. And the run, the shout, man, that, that's what we do when we party. Amen. We, we love Jesus. But mature Christians have to walk every day. And you can't wait for a spiritual red bull. You can't wait, amen. You got to keep the fire burning every day. You got to get a hold of the presence of God. Because you never know what will change one day from the other. You don't know. You don't know what kind of phone call you're going to get that's going to change your world. You had your whole month, whole uh, uh, quarter, whole year planned out. And then you get a call that changes the course of your 2022. I know. It happened to me last week. I had 2022 all planned out, had my fasting cycle going, had, had everything getting ready and prepared and, and everything. 
And then I got a frantic call. An hour before I went into prayer. We had church prayer at 6 o'clock. 5 o'clock after my sister called. She was crying. What's wrong? He said, Dad's got uh, pancreatic cancer. They think stage four. What? He was just at my house a couple weeks ago. What are you talking about? Whole world changes. What do you do? Get your moment of breaking and crying. Because it's always the other guy, right? It's always our neighbor that we're praying for that gets these kind of events. Not me. Not the pastor. Not, not, not me. But you know what? I, I'm so glad. I'm glad that I never found myself in a place. I'm not going before the Lord. I had my moment. Yeah. Then I had to shake myself. There's a song that I always love to hear. And it talks about the goodness of God. It talks about how God has been faithful. And that song always takes me to my knees because out of everything in life that I could say that has gone wrong, trials and tribulations, one thing I know for sure, that God has been good. And God has been faithful. But if you haven't been putting wood in, if you haven't been keeping the fire burning, you're going to fall all apart. And you're going to run around like Chicken Little saying the sky is falling. Amen. Let me tell you. Amen. I'm not worried. And I'm not running around crazy. Amen. Crying. Why God this? No. I'm just trusting in a God who I've loved, who I've served, who I've continued to put wood in the fire. And that fire continues to burn. What will you do? Better yet, what would you do if you walked in the room right now? If God walked into the room, would you recognize his presence? Or would you be caught up in all the other things going on in life? Let me tell you, God wants you to recognize his presence. And the only way it happens is if you're keeping the fire burning and you've already put yourself aside, that you're the house of God. That you, that you, and you prepared a holy place for him to be. Come on, Christian. It's time to grow up. Stop fighting the same battle. 
Stop fighting the same trial over and over again. Quit asking pastor or your leaders for counsel every week, every week. You've been going through the merry-go-round over and over. No, no, no. It's time to put the work in. Time to put the wood in the fire. Oh, God. Come on, young person. Put the wood in the fire yourself. Quit being a baby, amen. Get up and get to work for God, for yourself. You got to keep the fire burning. Would you stand? This afternoon, I see you've got baptisms. But God is looking for people that will dedicate their house for him to reside in. I know that when you are going to have guests over, most of you would clean up the living room because you had guests coming. Some of you have, have cleaned up certain parts of your heart, but then you got that junk closet where you just shove everything in there. You probably find some half-eaten sandwiches, dirty socks, trash you were going to take out and you forgot. Dirty laundry. There's the other sock. That's the place where God wants to get into your heart. So that you can dedicate your being everywhere you go and you can be like Jesus said to pray without ceasing and you watch God what he'll do for you you'll see what God the great things he has in store for you would you lift up your hands right now I want to invite you to this altar right now. Some of you need the Holy Ghost. Some of you need to rededicate your life. Some of you need to do, amen, uh, uh, repent of some things.